uh, this happened in the beginning of 2017. I will say that sounds still kind of sketchy, like a bag full of money going to Germany to meet exactly. Chinese guys. Exactly. <laughs> So talking with Carlos today, he is studying blockchain programming and is a Bitcoin enthusiast, if I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll try to get some more details today. So why don't we just start off with when did you first hear about Bitcoin? Like first time you can recall, you heard about it and it kind of stuck in, stuck in your brain. Okay. Well, the first time that I uh, have like, yeah, that I heard something about Bitcoin, it was, uh, nobody talked to me about it. I was just like browsing on the, on an app that is called XE. It's a, uh, for currency, just to check the price of the different currencies of the world. And they have all kind of currencies. So I was just browsing and then suddenly I found like this, uh, Bitcoin currency. I didn't like, I didn't know what what was about it, but I saw the price and it was $250 at that time. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, around $270. Uh, it was 5,000 pesos. So, so I was like, holy, that's uh, that's really expensive for a currency. And, and then I remember that I Googled it and the only information that I found it was that there was a lot of scams at the time. Uh, that it was a bubble and that it was going to end soon and, you know, just like really pessimistic uh, news. So I didn't give any importance. And one day I was just standing at the line of the bank. Uh, I wanted to deposit some dollars to my account. I, I live in Mexico and it's not really common uh, to have dollars, you know, in in Cancun, it's really common because I, I, I dedicate to, I work in the tourism. So I was standing up in the line and suddenly one guy uh, uh, came to me and he, he asked me if he could change me, exchange me like some, some dollars. He had a lot of 20, 20, 20 bills. Uh -huh. Uh huh. So this is and not, at, have, not at the bank, just a, another individual it was came at the up. bank. No, it was at the bank. It was one guy that I was just staying, standing at the line. He was mm -hmm. kind of like my same age. And he came to me and he asked me, Hey, could you exchange me uh, this hundred dollar, this uh, $20 bills for your hundreds? And I was like, yeah, of course. It's not really normal that somebody comes to you and when you are standing on the, on, on the bank. So I thought maybe the, there was kind of like a, Something uh, was going like something. a trick, you know. Yeah, he yeah. wanted to give me maybe some fake a hundred hundred bills, and then like he opened his bag and he had like tons of like so much money. I don't know. I don't know how much money he had, but maybe he had like around fifty fifty thousand dollars in like one in a bag. In, yeah, in cash. Oh my god! So I completely got scared. You know, I was like, "Holy shit! What, <laughs> what's wrong with this, with this guy?" <laughs> and then I was like, "No, I'm, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna change it to you." I kind of like got scared, and he told me, "Oh, don't get scared. Uh, I'm traveling to Germany. I'm gonna go to meet some Chinese guys because I'm gonna sell them some bitcoins." Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and I was like, 
oh, like I, I've heard about Bitcoin, but uh, like what, what's the price right now of Bitcoin? And he told me, oh, it's 20,000 pesos, which was $1,000. So it went up just, almost four times since you saw four, it the first time. Yeah, yeah. And, wow. and that was just a few months later. So it was, uh, this happened in the beginning of 2017. Uh, I will when, say that sounds still kind of sketchy, like a bag full of money going to Germany exactly, to meet Chinese exactly, guys. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, I uh, I asked him, and how can can I buy Bitcoin? Because I remember that when I checked the price, it was five thousand pesos, then it was twenty thousand, and I wanted to buy it. I wanted to to get in and this guy was just full of money he was my same age like i could just only imagine at that time having so much money you know yeah uh, so so uh, this guy told me that if i wanted he could sell me some bitcoins uh, and i was like well and i have to buy you one and he told me yeah you you uh, i i won't sell you less than one which is crazy because uh, today the price is so high. Usually people buy like 0. 0. 0.003 or, you know, they buy exactly. just really fragments can, of each Bitcoin. Exactly. You can just buy portions. But I I suppose now that this guy had so much money that like selling just one for him was nothing, you know. So so he told me that he could give it to me in one USB. And of course, it sounds like super sketchy. This, there was this guy on the bank with so much money with and I didn't buy it at the time. Yeah. But, yeah, but it really intrigued me. So I kept like watching the price, uh, watching the news about it. Everyone was saying that it was a bubble, that it was just used by, by criminals to sell drugs. And there was also uh, something going on uh, with Silk Road, which was... Uh, I don't What's know that? if you've heard about Silk Road. Silk Road was a, a web page on uh -huh. the uh, on the dark web, uh, on the dark net. Mm -hmm. So Bitcoin became like really famous because the people used to use it for uh, transactions on the dark net. Yeah, I think I remember when I heard about Bitcoin a long time ago, it, there was a talk about how it was used for selling drugs and weapon, maybe illegal weapons. And basically it was a way that states couldn't trace things. So I think that that's when I first also heard about it. It's anonymous. Uh, so that's why the, some criminals used to, used to use it for that. You know, that's how it started. So, uh, well, I didn't get involved until the price was around three, three thousand, two thousand five hundred dollars, three thousand dollars. So real quick, uh, back up. So when the guy offered you at the bank, did he actually have like one USB and said, basically, if you gave me a thousand dollars, I can give you the USB? He, I like, I didn't conclude the deal, so he never showed me any USB. But he had a tattoo of Bitcoin on his forearm. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he he sounded like he 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 knew what he was talking about. So, I, it just caught my attention. And then I started, well, I started buying in one app that at that time was, well, still the biggest app in here in Mexico. I think maybe it was the first one. It's called Bitso. Mm -hmm. And at that time, the volume that they were trading on the exchange, the, the daily volume was, was around like 
half a million dollars, so not much. It was it was a tiny, tiny volume. So, well, I started buying there. I started just buying little by little. Uh, I realized that it was uh, going up and that it was the exchange was really safe. And I kept just buying all, all the time. The, the price went up to $20,000. So real quick, so when you first got Bitcoin, it was you kind of heard about it on your own. And then you saw this kind of crazy guy at the bank. And then because you kept watching it, that's when you decided to tr- kind of track down how it was possible to buy it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I started, I, I started investigating just, just by my own, uh, yeah, before putting any money into Bitso, which is the exchange that I use first to buy, I like read many comments about it and I never, I mean, the, the point of Bitcoin, it's having your own, like having the control of your money, you know, mm-hmm. uh, don't, don't give your money to anyone. And that's something that I learned because I don't know, here in Mexico, <laughs> there's a lot of people always trying to, to scam and I don't know, like there's always something going on with, with this. So. <laughs> So would you say you started getting more excited about it because you bought some Bitcoin and then was it that it kept going up in value that you noticed it was really, you wanted to keep buying more? Mm, It was, yeah, once, of course, mm, the first thing that I wanted is it was just to make money, just to make some profits. So I was, when I started buying, I, I was just thinking in, oh, how much money this is going to be. I was watching all the, all the Bitcoin predictions, the price predictions. Almost like a stock investment. Exactly. Exactly. Just, just for the gains, you know, I mean, of course I still for the gains in it, but it's also like a revolution. It's also taking the power out of the, of the government and the institutions. And giving the power to the people. So, so it's kind of like, it, it's the first time that Bitcoin, well, that, that, that the money is not controlled by the government, you know, because Bitcoin is completely decentralized. And did that attract you to it? Did you like that? Did you like that aspect that it wasn't tied to a government? Exactly. Because the government can just print all the money that they want. And at the end, the savers, uh, the people, the regular people that it's uh, saving money day by day with, with their hard work, they are just losing value because the, there's so much inflation more in these times. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get more into the details of what Bitcoin is, I think, because to me, from the outside, it sounds like, okay, I know that there's inflation from a US context. You have a central bank that is responsible for printing money that is upheld by the state but at the same time it still is enforced by the the government which is maybe a problem but also a little bit of a security because the governmental forces in many ways are invested in trying to keep the currency worth something if that makes sense so it's interesting from the outside that what is what generates value in bitcoin would you say it's it's people's use of it or or maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself as far as how a Bitcoin comes to be, if that makes sense. Okay, so yeah, what what gives value to Bitcoin? It's that it's a, it's a scarce. It's a, it's a really scarce coin. 
there is just 21 million, uh, 21 million bitcoins that are always going to exist, you know, not more than that. While the dollar, uh, the, the Fed can just print it and yeah, <laughs> yeah, just to, however it. much they want, they can decide tomorrow to print a bunch more. Actually, just enter a number in a computer and it appears there. Okay. Exactly, it's not it's not even physical money anymore, and they give this money to the people close to the Fed. You know, they give this money to the big companies and they give this money to the to the people that it's really close uh, to the friends. You know, it sounds crazy, but they just print money and they keep it by themselves. And at the end, they think that this money it's gonna end on the society, but most of the money it's never it's never gonna go there because they just keep it, and that's why the rich are more rich every every time. You know. So maybe now it's good to transition to the question about like what would you for somebody from the outside who's listening that doesn't know what it is, what would what's like a simple definition for Bitcoin? If I just asked you from the street, hey, I saw this in the news, what is Bitcoin? I heard you're you're interested in it. What what is it? It's a decentralized currency, a virtual decentralized currency. That's I think that that will be the, the easiest way to define it. There's nobody that, that owns it. There's nobody ruling Bitcoin uh, anymore. And there's nobody that can change the rules anymore. And then what is a coin? Because I know that there's coins and they're worth a certain amount. And obviously, because of the scarcity, the value has gone up. But what is, because I know you like, I don't know if it's involved blockchain a little bit too, the programming, but what is, what, how do they derive? A coin, because part of me thinks very novice idea would be, well, couldn't I just make up my own cryptocurrency and just say, hey, there's Matthew dollars, and I'm going to say that there's ten of them. You know, like what? How do they define? How do they create a coin? Okay, well, you can create a coin. Most there's many different platforms where you can create them. One of them is it's Ethereum, which is uh, yeah, it's just one one platform that you can make smart contracts on on it and then you can you can you can just program money to do whatever you want you know and that's general all cryptocurrencies yeah i mean what what what's different from bitcoin is that it was the first one mm-hmm. so it have a lot of advantage and it already have so much money involved on it and so much money so much people that wanted to progress because they're their own good that that's why Bitcoin have an advantage for being the first. It's also the most secure one because it's the one that have more, we could say like more machines working for it. Like it's, it's just a hashing power. That's a little bit uh, more technical, but it's the most decentralized one. Okay. It have, yeah, it have machines working all around the world just to keep the network safe. And is each coin, is it based on an algorithm? Why are the coins limited? You said there's going to be no more than, I think, 21 million of them ever. Why Why is that? What stops it from growing? The coins have to be mined. Which we could talk a little bit about what that what mining is. Because I tried to read a little bit, but it's kind of complicated. Yeah. it's Well, there are machines specifically made to find a nonce number. And so the Bitcoin... Each Bitcoin, it's like a code, okay? Like a numerical value or 
uh, like a num a set of numbers? A set of numbers and letters, exactly. So there is no the one Bitcoin that have exactly the same code that the other one. Okay, these these machines are searching uh, for these for these numbers, for these codes, and once that they found this nonce number, they get rewarded with the new Bitcoin that was mined. Okay, so they find it and they keep it. It's like physical mining, uh, as like you never know where is the gold. But you're digging in the digging in the mountains or something. You are digging exactly. You are digging. You are digging until you find something. You know, eventually you are gonna find some gold. So it's exactly the same, but it's virtual. The difference is that with the gold, we don't know how much gold there is in the planet. Uh, we don't know. We don't have a, a quantity. We don't have a weight in gold that we can say like, oh, there's this so this much gold in the planet, and. Uh, after this, we're never going to mm -hmm. find more. We don't know the real scarcity. We know the gold that it's on top, but we don't know the one that it's down. So with Bitcoin, it's, it's, that's, that's the difference. That's, what, that's why Bitcoin is better than gold, because we know that there's no going to be more than 21 million Bitcoins. And each 10 minutes, 6.25 Bitcoins are mined. So the reward, it's, it's always the okay. same. Okay. Each four years, the reward is it's uh, divided by half. Thinking of the analogy of gold, so gold is a certain property. You know, there's certain amount of types of metals and or uh, molecules that make up gold. Well, that's why when I'm digging and I find something like fool's gold, it's a type of material that looks kind of like gold, but it's not, and there's no worth to it. If I find that, then nobody's going to really think it's gold. So when you say like they're mining for Bitcoin, that numerical that combination of letters and and numbers how do they how do they determine that in the code like how do they determine what those numbers how do i know if i find bitcoin like a bitcoin okay the machine it's like the bitcoin it's it's programmed before so it, it was programmed by satoshi nakamoto which was mm -hmm. the creator uh, it's just like a mathematical, a mathematical problem, you know, that these computers are solving. So in this whole programming system, like they, this Satoshi create this nonce number that is, is just going to be one in the whole history of Bitcoin, you know, in this. Uh, so, so the, the machines are just searching for this one, this specific number and the machines don't don't know which is the number, you know. They are just rewarded with it once that they find it. It's kind of hard to understand. Yeah, it's hard because I'm explaining. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit hard to explain. But these machines, okay, these, these computers are hashing, mm -hmm. okay? They are just looking for this for this number and they are also providing security to the network okay the bitcoin blockchain it is, is distributed through all the different ledgers that are in it's a ledger but it's distributed in all the different machines so for example if somebody wants to attack bitcoin they will have to hack in less than 10 minutes all the different machines in the in the world one by one 
so they could like change something. Oh, so because it's decentralized, the information is stored separately. That it's not that it's harbored in one big server at Google or something. It's actually decentralized, so all the computers would have to be at the same time hacked, which would be almost impossible. It gets a little bit, yeah, it's impossible. It gets uh, a little bit more complicated because you have these machines, the, the, the miners. They are not just mining. They are, they are also nodes that are like making all the transactions, like sending the information of the transactions that are, that are made on the, on the Bitcoin blockchain. Okay. So if I send you money, if, if I send you money, uh, this transaction is going to be recorded in, in one node. And node is going to share it with all the different nodes that are all around the world. And the latest blockchain, like the longest chain, okay, with more transactions is the valid one. Okay. So even, even if the, if, if the, if the information safe on one, on one node, it's longer than all the other ones. That's gonna be the, the like the valid one. It's it's a little bit hard to to explain, but <laughs> yeah, no, but it's it's interesting. And what is uh maybe it's good. Like, what is blockchain, and how does that relate to? I know we're talking about that relating to the coins, but again, you're studying the blockchain programming. Is that how does what is the blockchain? Is that um, uh, has to do with the transactions taking place in Bitcoin? Yeah, exactly. The blockchain it's it's more like a ledger where all the transactions are are signed so they save on, on 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 this blockchain on this ledger and the longest chain of information is the one that is valid okay so the information that is saved on the blo- on this blockchain can't be changed so once that that the information mm-hmm. go in it can never go back Okay, you can change an old transaction from from a, from the past. So it's like uh, it's, it's not like the I don't know. You are you are writing a text on on uh, you post uh, a news and in a website, and then you decide to edit the information. That's not possible in the blockchain, for example. Once that the information is there, it can't go back. To keep in like monetary terms about money, if I give you a check at the bank and they accidentally enter, they accidentally enter the wrong amount. Like, let's say I give, I write you a check and they deposit. I so you have some money from me, but then it's the wrong amount because they read the number incorrectly. They can go back and change the amount in the how much you have. But would you say so? These blockchains, once it takes exactly. place, it's like for all time set now you could do another transaction but once it's set it's never changing exactly exactly there's there's no way back so that's that's also that's part of the security because uh, it's it's a trustless chain like for example if i it happened to me in in my business in the tourist um, that i sell some service to uh, some tourists in in america and they pay me, for example, with PayPal. And then they do the tours and then suddenly they, they come back to the States and they, they tell PayPal, well, like I didn't authorize this transaction and this, this payment. And then they ask for money back and they, 
they take my money back, then uh, it's like, well, <laughs> what what can you do, you know? Yeah, that's terrible. And this has happened to you multiple times. Exactly. It has happened to me many, many, many times. But with Bitcoin, if somebody pays you with Bitcoin, that's not possible. So you have to be just really careful on who are you sending the money. Just check that your transaction, it's like all the information in the, in the transaction, it's good. It's right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Also, for you, it's appealing that security that people can't go in and say, oh, cancel that payment. It's once they would pay you in Bitcoin, for instance, then you have that money and there's no going back. Exactly. And also, also uh, not, not just with the people, also with the, with the banks, you know, because you can send some money to someone and then if there's an intermediary, they could say, they could say, well, it's like a suspicious transaction. With Bitcoin, that's impossible because you are sending the money peer to peer. It's, it's unconfiscatable. Yeah. Where sometimes I know if there's a certain amount transferred from one country to another, for instance, then it can be flagged and then you might not have access to that. I never had that um, amount of money to have that be a problem, but I know when I was living in Germany, it's a real, it's a, it's a pain to have to go from one, one country to another. And even from the US and Mexico, all the, the stuff that happens there, the transactions that happen, there is a lot of that that is very frustrating because you can't just transfer from one bank to another. You're always dealing with the fees from the banks and then also the amounts and, and seeing if that's flagged. So where Bitcoin is decentralized. So I guess that is appealing that it it's it doesn't have to it doesn't care about which country you're in or how much much you're transacting. It's just uh, you can just do it because it's only peer to peer. Exactly. It doesn't matter who you are or what you are using the money for. So, yeah, no, nobody, nobody can stop it. Yeah. So that that's why it's it's also so perfect, you know, because it's it's just free money. I mean, freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom, like money that's freed from control, essentially. Exactly. So you would say, for you, you don't see Bitcoin as just some sort of speculative way to invest, but also just hopefully as a way where, would you like to see it where more people are actually just using Bitcoin to make, to pay each other for goods and services? Yeah, 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 of course. I would love it. And I think that it's going to happen. That's why I, I'm a hundred percent in on Bitcoin, you know. I, uh, me personally, I don't, I don't even hold any cash. <laughs> so uh, all that I have, I have it on Bitcoin. If I really need to, to take some, to cash out some of, some of the profits, then I do it. But I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure that in the future, uh, you are not going to have an option or you have Bitcoin. You are not going to have a, a way to transact, a way to have value because the dollar is going into a hyperinflation. And, and also, well, we have other things like gold and silver, but in a globalized world, as it is now, it's impossible to, to make transactions yeah. with gold. <laughs> you are not going to be carrying your gold back, you know, to pay, to pay for the, for your goods. And so much is global. If you want to pay something online, you're not going to send them a little sack of gold for your, for your Amazon stuff. Exactly. 
when it comes to Bitcoin's value, people started talking about it a lot once it hit 20,000. And they continued to talk about it when it got all the way up to 40,000. And then it was all over the news. So do you think as a future, potentially a future currency, do you think Bitcoin is going to eventually plateau and it'll just be used as a way for people to transact? Or do you think in the, in the future, it'll kind of stabilize? Exactly. Eventually, eventually in, in some years, uh, the price is just going to stabilize because the most money that come in, then uh, of course, like it's going to be, it's going to get stabilized. So I think right now it's a really good time to still get in because it haven't get to that point. And uh, well, the next, the next step for Bitcoin, it's getting, it's like making pair with a, with a market cap of the gold, uh, which is 10 trillion, 10, 12 trillion dollars. And that would put the price of Bitcoin in around $500,000. So I think it's, it's completely possible. It was Bitcoin just 10 years ago. It was just some few dollars. So because I think it started in, in 2008, right? Is that correct? Around that time. Yeah, 2008, I think the white paper was uh, released by Satoshi Nakamoto. And then 2009 was officially that Bitcoin was, was working. And I think the first transaction was made in, in 2011, 2010. Wow, that hasn't taken very long to exponentially expand and how much it's worth. Exactly. So just coming back 10 years yeah, coming back 10 years and telling these people, well, hold your Bitcoin because like if, if we could come back to the past and tell them like, hold your Bitcoin because it's going to be worth $42,000 in, in 2021, then like nobody will believe it. So I think it's going to be exactly the same in 10 years when Bitcoin is going to be $10 million. So yeah, maybe we're going to regret that we didn't buy more. <laughs> yeah, that it's, it's fascinating. So. Would you say, so essentially right now you see it as if I'm on the outside and I'm still working a normal nine to five job and being paid in whatever currency I'm paid in, pesos or dollars or euros, I'm still using that on, on the day to day. I can't use that at the bakery if they only take cash, for instance. So would you suggest at this time, it's a good way for people to buy Bitcoin as an investment and then potentially in the future be able to use it more and more? Yeah, I think mm, Bitcoin is for for the daily transactions, like really small amounts, is not the best the best currency to use, the best cryptocurrency to use, because it's still expensive to make a transaction. Right now, if you wanna send Bitcoin to another person, like the 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 normal price per transaction, it will be around ten dollars. So for for small transactions, it's not. I don't think that it's a good idea. It's more uh, as a, yeah, as a saving, like a saving option. Like a, maybe an, an investment, maybe, would we say? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like an investment. Maybe with the time, uh, some technologies are going to be developed, like the lightning, ne lightning Network, which can make the transaction so much cheaper. But... By this, in this moment in 2021, it's not, 
Like it's not the best idea to make small transactions with Bitcoin. Big transactions, it's amazing. And overseas transactions are also great. Because for example, if I want to send you just a few dollars from here, from Mexico to the States, and I, I have just a few options like MoneyGram or like, so, and they yeah. charge $30 just for a small transaction, you know, so I can send you a $1 billion from here to there, and it's just going to cost $5, $10 in Bitcoin. So we could kind of talk a little bit about if people are interested in buying Coinbase and that kind of stuff, unless you want to, you want to talk a little bit more about this, the specifics of Bitcoin, or you kind of want to move towards the practical stuff? For the practical stuff, I think, I think that it's really important that people first investigate, like they learn about, about which, which exchanges are safe. For example, yeah, Coinbase, it's one of the biggest one in the States. Uh, it's regulated. Then there's Kraken too, which is a, an European one, but it's also in the States and it's, it's really safe. So for anybody who is wanting to invest right now, you need to go to one of these websites. And you said Coinbase is one in the US. And what was the one that's in Europe in the US? What's that called again? Kraken? Yeah. Yeah. Kraken. Like like the mythic creature. Yeah, the, <laughs> the squid. Yeah, that one. Yeah, Kraken is one of the safest ones. Uh, you also have Gemini, which is the owners are the Winklevoss brothers. Oh, wow. The ones that created Facebook. And well, there's many different exchange. Uh, you can go, for example, to CoinGecko. It's a web page. And you can check the trust, the trust score of these different exchanges. And that's CoinGecko? CoinGecko. Yeah, that one is one of the best ones. You can check the prices from the different coins. Mm -hmm. You can make a portfolio there and just save like which coins uh, you bought and how much profit have you made. And it's a really good website. Yeah, so I think we covered quite a few of the questions. Is there anything else that you want? Like what, like a big pitch for, for Bitcoin? If you could summarize just what it is, first of all, just a kind of a general summary of, of, of what makes you so excited about Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, I, I will really recommend to read one book that it's called The Bitcoin Standard from one guy that is called Safedina Mus. And what is the Bitcoin standard about? This book specifically, it's more about the history of the money and why Bitcoin is like the perfect solution for the problems that we have in this moment. And the solution of the problems that we've been carrying from the past, like from the, from the fiat currencies. Okay, the Bitcoin standard. Okay, that's good. Yeah, the, that's going to accelerate so much more your learning on Bitcoin. And so then it comes maybe to the... A larger sense where you really see Bitcoin as kind of a way to get beyond, would you say, normal nation states, countries and things like that? Like, do you see that kind of as a really important thing for the future? Or how does that fit into a larger idea of where maybe society is headed? Can, can you repeat the question? But I guess so I got the idea that you and Christy are really excited about Bitcoin. And I know not not just because you can make a good money on it, but yeah. it seems like there's maybe a little distrust 
even in the, as you say, fiat currencies and the idea of the dollar, which is kind of based on trust, essentially. Yeah. So, so yeah, more questioning just how you see Bitcoin maybe as part of a larger direction where society is going to go. Like, is there a certain distrust in the overall economic world and Bitcoin's going to be there to fill the gap? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's, I have so much distrust on, uh, of course, on the, on the whole system. I can see how corrupt it is. And yeah, it's like Bitcoin, Bitcoin solve all of these problems because like they can confiscate your Bitcoin. Uh, they can confiscate your money. And for example, well, the states get a lot of power from the, from mm-hmm. being the, having the world currency, you know, the reserve. Well, they have a lot of power because without the dollar nations will be uh, completely out of the, of the trading uh, system, you know. So, and they can take, they can take you out from, from the, from, from this uh, trading system, from the SWIFT. So, so yeah. for example, what happened with Iran, with Iran, or with, uh, well, many, many other Iraq. Where they essentially just said, no, we're not going to, we're just going to take that money and not let you use it. Exactly. They, they just kick you out from the, from the system. You know, they can block you from the different countries and, and they can, like, they can tell the other countries also, well, if you, if you help this country, this particular country, then you, you are also out. So they get a lot of power and the, the dollar is yeah. backed up by weapons. You know, that's, that's also one true, you know, we went to Vietnam, uh, well, Chris and I, we, we went to Vietnam two years ago and you could see uh, in, in real life, like all, all the problems from the war. I don't know. I think that the experience also made me realize like how much horrible is the war because when you, when you don't see it in real life, when you don't feel it, like, for example, I live in Mexico, but I can see those kind of things, you know. I I haven't lived them in Vietnam. You see, like for example, the like the results of the war and how people like I saw tiny persons just or completely deformed because of the orange. What's what's the the chemical? Agent Orange. Agent Orange. It's it's horrible, and you can still see people that was affected by these by these chemicals. So you really see the results. It's a little off Bitcoin, but I think we'll get back to it. I think when you're outside the US, particularly in certain countries, you see the results of a really aggressive US foreign influence. And it's backed up by, by weapons and the global financial apparatus. And you see those things where I think a lot of people here, they kind of even when it comes to voting, they don't realize how much power the U.S. has to influence for good or bad other countries, even just small things. For you might be a hardworking person and just trying to run a business in some country. And then all of a sudden, due to some political differences, you can be kicked out. And then all of a sudden, the currency has very little value and you're really struggling, not outside of your own, not wanting to work or, or something like that. It's just larger global influences that, and a lot of it comes back to the U.S. dominance. So I don't know if you have anything to say to that. Otherwise, would you say in relationship to, let's say, 
differences of power structures in the world due to finance and weapons, that Bitcoin in, in many ways is a way to level the playing field where everybody can kind of be equal? Of course. Well, first of all, like in my own experience, I, I don't know what I will be doing like without Bitcoin right now. I think I, I would feel completely lost because I don't have like I don't have a work anymore. Uh, the tourism it's completely it's there's no a way to have income outside the tourism there. Right now, just because of Bitcoin, because I started buying early and I can I can live like I can be completely chill and I I still have hope in the future. So for me, Bitcoin is is that it's it's also it's also hope on the humanity. It's like a bet on the humanity. It's it's freedom and that that's the most important part for me about about Bitcoin. I mean, I can I can feel it myself. 